Hey guys, welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host for this episode, Ryan Rieger. And today I'm chatting with our good friend, Neil Stevens. He's one of our awesome moderators here in our My Silent Team Facebook group of 60,000 plus people. Isn't that incredible? But Neil has tons of amazing wisdom for us in this episode. He's actually been on before, but he talks a little bit today about his story, how he got started uh, selling Bible covers on eBay. And he has now grown a very successful Amazon business and keeps outgrowing his space. So listen to my interview with Neil. It's a good one. This is What's Your Story? And we just dig into people's stories. Nothing informal or nothing formal, very informal, just like we're hanging out at a coffee shop chatting with Neil. Guys, if you have any questions, feel free to post them. Appreciate you uh, being on with us in the afternoon. Neil, thanks for jumping on. 8 p.m. your time, right? Please, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right how, how is Q4 going for you so far? Uh, it's good. Yes. No, I'm, I'm very pleased with it. I've set some fairly ambitious targets um, after the sort of sales increases earlier in the year. And it looks like we're, we're on target for, for those. I think November we're going to hit. So I've just got to do an extra big push for, that for December. Um, yeah. Just looking, I think I'm about, I mean, last year was, was pretty good and I was quite pleased with it. Obviously, mm-hmm. when we had our first lockdown, March, April, May this year, sales just went through the roof. And just looking at this year, I think we're about 250% up on this time last year. Wow. Which is <laughs> quite amazing. That is 250%. Um, yeah. So wow. I'm, I'm, Quite pleased with that. I'm obviously out now. Overheads have gone up. As, as we're talking about. Um, Just a little bit pleased. Yeah, but uh, that, that's good. I, I, can, I can cope with that. Um, oh my gosh! Did you set a Did you set a goal for Q4 this year um, at all, or how does that work? How do you do goal setting? Yeah, I do. I mean, last year I, I had some sort of fairly ambitious goals, which uh, although the figures were good, I didn't quite get go get as much as I was hoping to. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was stretching myself a little bit with uh, uh, just the resources we had at the time. Um, so I'm always a bit cautious about setting sort of rigid goals or, or yeah. being too specific, although I know it's, it's good sometimes. Um, but this year as we were coming into it, you know, I was looking at the figures from earlier in the year and yeah. I just felt, well, you know, what I'd like to do, you know, I want to hit, um, there's that sort of magical 100,000 a month. Yeah. Um, 100,000 pounds is, is more than $100,000, but it's, yeah, it it's still a significant um, thing so um, in October um, I, I did I, we got to just just under sixty thousand pounds okay. um, October so we just, we just felt sure that November I wanted to do eighty thousand and if I could get hit hundred thousand in December I'd be very happy totally can yeah wow so, uh, that's, it, that's kind of, yeah it's a lot up on last year but then the, the markets changed life's changed. And thankfully, we've been able to, to capitalize on all that's been going on, top as it has been in many respects. Yeah. Um, you know, to gain the, the whole industry of online selling, as, as we all know, has just skyrocketed. Um, yes, I think yeah. it, you know, earlier in the year, I was saying it was probably launched just two or three years ahead of where we probably would have been naturally. Wow. Going for the big 100K month for December. Um, so I keep thinking, well, that means I've got to spend a lot of money. And yes. <laughs> well, I don't have a problem spending money when you suddenly started talking massive figures. You're thinking, oh, my goodness. Just for a reference, those of you that are watching, 100,000 pounds is a, about 132,000 US dollars. So that's a serious number. That's awesome. Uh, Neil, yeah. tell me, let's go back to you when you got started selling online. When did that happen? <laughs> what was this? circumstances surrounding that how'd you even get into this business yeah it's well it really does seem a lifetime away and in a sense it was back in the sort of 19 late 1990s early 2000s the internet thing was was just starting and you were hearing stories about people making loads of money on it and how easy it was and everything and I looked at it and thought, well, this this looks good it's exciting I I was quite into it Uh, yeah first people to have you know a proper what was considered a computer. Uh, we had our old dial-up network where we had to 
plug it into the telephone line. So uh, right, I had to work late at night because otherwise it cut off the telephone and nobody could phone us. We didn't, didn't have mobile phones very much then. And uh, so back in back in the early days, it felt a bit like the Wild West. Um, yes. I started looking at, at all the sort of things that were going around then, sort of ebook marketing, affiliate marketing, Google AdWords. Um, okay. I tried most of those and didn't really get very far. And a few dollars pounds here and there but really nothing that would uh, signify a, a business but I, I was determined I, I saw the potential and I just thought here I am you know in my my little town in in the south of England uh, suddenly I've got the whole world at my feet you know, the yeah the world is your oyster as they were saying and I thought there's got to be a way I can I can capitalize on this so I said I tried lots and lots of things uh, the thing that really started to work was I started selling a few things on eBay Okay. Um, I've got a few sort of personal bits and pieces. Um, that's probably sort of the late 1990s. And sort of as the turn of the millennium, I sort of looked at that a bit more seriously. One of the products that I found that I sold quite well was actually Bible covers. I'd been looking for one for myself personally and, and mm. was shocked at how much they were in the shops. Uh, I was like, oh, let's have a look on the internet. You know, we'll, we'll find it. Where can I get it from? Uh, and I found a quite a big company in the United States, I'm sure most people know about, that sell a lot of Christian merchandise. And they, and they had some lovely Bible covers and they had a sort of a clearance section and they were one or two dollars. And I okay. thought, this is crazy. You know, here I've got, I had to pay, you know, like 20 pounds over here for one and I can get it for one or two dollars. And okay. obviously you've got to pay shipping, which adds quite a lot to it. So I thought, well, it's not worth just buying one. I might as well, you know, buy a, a few of them. So I think I, I put it all together for about 10 different Bible covers, two or three of each in different designs. And I thought, oh, I could either see if I could sell them myself or give them away to presents for other people. So right. anyway, I waited. A few weeks later, the box turned up. I thought, oh, it's actually really nice. So I was impressed with the quality. And I thought, well, let's see if we can sell them. So I put a couple of them up on eBay and they sold. And wow. I thought, oh, this is good. I've actually sold something. I think turned my, my $1 plus shipping purchase. Um, and I can't remember exactly what I sold them for, but about £10, uh-huh. $12 to $15 or something. And uh-huh. uh, I thought, this is good. So yeah. we tried it again. I ordered a few more the next time um, and they sold. So I started looking around and I bought a few other things. Because I was selling on eBay, obviously, I was having to ship everything out myself. So I sort of restricted myself to smaller stuff. I did some badges and some bookmarks and a, a few books I tried and um, Bibles, but um, they didn't go quite so well. But the, the smaller things and the Bible covers seemed to go well. And so gradually that, that business built up. And I, I became, well, I, I like to tell myself that I became the, the premium UK seller on eBay for Bible covers. You know, nobody could beat me. I had a, a good selection. I had sales coming in quite regularly for those. Um, you know, I was, I was selling stuff most days. Again, not a huge amount because uh, the market for that sort of merchandise is so much smaller over here than it is in the States. Sure. Um, I mean, we've got a few sort of big companies that have started sort of coming up and, and selling sort of Christian and religious stuff over here. But it's not as big a marketplace really as, as, as in uh, America. But uh, but I was doing quite well and, you know, I was, was selling consistently and, and looking around on eBay, there wasn't really anybody that was doing the same selection um, and quantity that I was, so I was quite proud of myself. Thought, hey, look, we're we're rocking and rolling here. This is moving. And all of them were being sourced from the US. Most of them, yes. I did find a couple of um, UK companies, um, a wholesaler that I met at a um, at a some Christian trade show. They did some that they'd imported themselves um, from China and things, and some from the states. So I, I started buying a few bits from them, and they did some other things, some crosses and stuff that I bought. So I started dealing with them as well. But most of it, yeah, I'm still getting these boxes arriving regularly from uh, from the States. Uh, the postman used to be quite good news. Uh, obviously, it's always increased the number of packages that they sent them in. But they kept sending them in small boxes, I think, to, to try and get around those problems with customs, which sometimes worked, sometimes didn't. So the, the postman would, would turn up with sort of – it actually – bring their van and they say, oh, I've got eight boxes for you today, I've got 10 boxes for you today. What are you doing with all this stuff? I said, oh, we're selling it. <laughs> they were fascinated by it. So I mean, it was growing and I was doing reasonably well with it. It never really got to the stage where I could say it was a, a real business that was supporting me. Obviously, I was still working at the time and uh, my wife's been working. She's a, a trained nurse and she's always worked in the, the health industry. But it was, it was a nice little side business and 
uh, what I used to say was it was paying for my online education um, because alongside this, I was still looking at, you know, pretty much everything that came out, uh, yeah. buying courses and things as, as we do, the, uh, sure. the shiny object syndrome <laughs> that we were a bit caught up with. Uh, I was looking at, at sort of things and saying, yeah, there must be a way to make more money. You know, I was, I've, I've got this track, I've got the bug now. You know, I know it works. I know there's potential there. There's got to be yeah. ways of making more money. So I was looking at all these sort of things that are coming out. So the profits from eBay tend to mostly get uh, ploughed back into, you know, trying to get hosting and trying to build websites or buy a course showing out to this or the other. And it sort of ticked over steadily. I think in about 2007, I did actually, I was just looking back, I did actually try Amazon. First thing, so I thought, oh, these are going well on, on eBay. Let's just try Amazon. I'd, you know, this was up and coming. Amazon was the next, you know, great place. Um, I read a couple of books and got a, a little call or something from somebody about selling on Amazon. And so I looked at it and so I thought, well, let's try it. So I, I put up one of the, the Bible covers that I was selling that I'd got on Amazon because in those days you couldn't create listings yourself if you were a new seller. You could only jump on existing listings in the catalogue. But I found one listing for one of the Bible covers that was already there. So I, I jumped on that, put a couple up for sale, and a few other bits and pieces. Um, and I sold two of the same Bible cover, and actually it was to the same customer. They'd, they'd put two orders through for it. I thought, oh, this is good. And then I got the dreaded email from Amazon saying, uh, your customer service is not satisfactory. We're suspending your account. There's no appeal. You can't uh, write back to us. You can't uh, appeal this. Uh, and I said, well, what have I done? I, I looked at it and the customer had left a two-star rating because he said the size on the listing didn't match exactly the size of the, of the cover they got. Oh, my gosh. And I, I, mean, I did try writing back to them saying, look, I, there's nothing I could do about it. That was what was on the listing. Uh, and it's the same product. It's just there must be a slight variation. But they, they wouldn't budge. And I kept trying to, to get my account opened again. I tried several times and then I left it for six months. Then I left it for a year and I left it a couple of years. And I, I, occasionally, I'd just try and reignite it and, and see because... I was hearing all these stories about how well everybody else was doing uh -huh. um, on Amazon. So I went, oh, come on, come on, I've got to let back on. Um, anyway, it didn't seem to work. So I, I kept on with eBay and sort of looking at, at other things as well until we got to about well, seven years later in 2014. I had a, an offer came through from uh, a gentleman who I think some people may have heard of called Jim Cochran. And he, he sent out, I was on his email list and obviously I've been following his eBay strategies for, for quite a few years. And he sent out an offer offering the, the proven Amazon course. Um, and I think as a bonus, there was access to his sort of online forum as it was before, then, before the Facebook page. Uh -huh. uh, and, that, and that's something I had looked at and I wanted to, to be involved in because I, I was, had a lot of respect for Jim and, and I liked a lot of the stuff he was talking about. And I'd sort of looked at it before, but I think it was about a $30 a month um, fee to, to register for it. And I just couldn't justify it another outgoing on, on what I was making. Um, so I hadn't done it. Uh, but this offer was for the proven Amazon course. And as a bonus, you got lifetime access to his his, his um, community. Uh, yeah. So I thought, oh, great. Well, I, I don't really want the proven Amazon course because I can't use it. Uh, but I'll, it's worth, I think it was $97 or something, to get access to the community. And I knew there was yeah. a lot of material in there, a lot of other things. And just a chance to hang out with people that yeah. understood what I was talking about. Um, that spoke the same language because, you know, lovely as, as, as my wife, my family and my friends are, none of them understood what it was about. And they just thought I was, you know, going into my crazy mode, um, right. staying up in the early hours of the morning, looking at all these harebrained schemes uh, and getting absolutely nowhere. Um, <laughs> they didn't really see the potential that I could see. They didn't have the, the vision and the, the, uh, the excitement about it. So to be able to join a community with like-minded people was almost just an oasis for me. Yeah. Um, I bought the proven Amazon course, not because I wanted that at all, but because I wanted access to the community. And so I, I got in there uh, and that was great. And as it came, you know, I, I started looking through the proven Amazon course and I watched a couple of, I mean, had some, some instructory videos. Uh, and I thought, well, it, still, it does look really good. It's such a shame that, you know, I got banned and I think it's really unfair and, you know, it's not right. And, you know, why, why won't they let me back in? So I thought, well, let's just try one more time. So I, I went, clicked on, so I had a, a bias buying account. Uh, so I clicked on the little thing that says, you know, sell on Amazon, which is always taking me to, no, you're, you're banned, go away. And this time it said, fill in this form. So I filled it in and it accepted me. And I thought, nice. oh, 
It's just so bizarre. And the timing was just incredible. So 2014 was, I, I actually got my Amazon account up and running and I, I sent him a box for probably about the March, I think it was. In fact, it was, it was just before we, no, it was June, because uh, it was just before we went on a trip out to Zambia in Africa. Uh, right. We were going on a trip to see some uh, charities that we were supporting. Uh, and foolishly, I sent the box out about two days before we left the country. Um, I thought, oh, well, it will all sort itself out and I can have a look at it when I come back. But while I was away, I actually got my first few sales. And I did actually get a query from a customer. And so trying to find an internet in the middle of Zambia, which didn't have a very good internet connection, to answer this customer query before it got too late was quite a challenge. Um, but I came back and we'd sold a few bits. Uh, okay. I'd sort of sent a few more bits in. And by the that year, we and so I built it up massively, but it, it tipped over. I was still doing eBay. I was starting to sell a few bits on Amazon then. Um, we got to this strange thing that was called Q4 that I had no idea being big. I didn't know what Q4 was, but it sounded fun. Everybody was raving about it, whether it was just some sort of party or whether it was uh, you know, something special. So we all came up to that. And I, I looked at it and, oh, yeah, obviously, yeah, for Christmas people will be buying things, won't they? So, um, so I, I sold a bit more over over Q4 that first year, but didn't, wasn't really into it in a big way. But then really from there, I, I think, particularly at, at that time, some of the things that I did sell at Christmas, okay. um, I just realised there is so much potential because I was buying things literally in one of our, I know we had a pound in the shop where everything costs a pound, it's like a dollar store, um, but it, it's a pound. Uh, and I was buying things in there for a pound and sending them in and selling them for five, six, seven pounds. Yeah. And I thought, this is great. Yeah. My wife was saying, this is crazy. Why do people do that? You know, why would they? I said, well, oh, I don't really care, but they do. Uh, and, and it worked. Uh, and I think that sort of showed me. And also, I think that one of the things that sort of showed my wife that there is a potential here because you're, you're fulfilling a need. You know, you're providing a service. Yes, everybody could go to Poundland and buy it themselves, but not everybody has a Poundland. Not everybody wants to go out shopping. Not everybody can, can do that. Um, particularly at Christmas, you know, some of the things we were selling, like advent calendars and um, sort of gifts and selections. I, mean, I sort of realised a lot of people were sending, you know, grandmas were sending them all over the country to their grandchildren or you know, ask their nieces and nephews or, you know, chocolates are being sent to friends and things. And I thought, actually, yeah, it's providing a service for, for people. That, and once you add up all the costs that it would cost you to do it, sure. um, it's, it's not actually such a ridiculous price. So, so that sort of lit the spark, really, I think, in sort yeah. of that first in 2014. Um, and really, it started growing from there. I think being part of that community, it, it sort of then moved on to onto the Facebook page, which is the My Styling team now, um, that, yeah. that we all know and love, and that has grown incredibly. Yes, uh, it has. I don't know how many it was when, I, <laughs> when we first sort of started there, but it, it was sort of certainly in the low thousands, maybe hundreds. Yeah. And um, it sort of grew from there. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say I particularly active in there, but I, I, I kept sort of watching and, and seeing things that are going on. Well, now you're one of our moderators there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So I'm part of the leadership team, I'm coaching now and, and everything. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, when I look back and realize the journey, uh, and really from 2014, which is really when it started to take off, I mean, it wasn't doing an awful lot in those first couple of years. Uh, it was probably 2017 when it really, really sort of started hitting some decent sales figures. So it's really just the last three to six years um, that this business has, has really bedded in and grown. And you just look back and think it's incredible, really. I always knew, even from the early days, there was potential. Uh, and I knew that I, I could do it. Other people were doing it. So I knew it was possible. Um, yeah. But it wasn't really till it started clicking in and you started sort of seeing figures and people started taking notice, you know, when your friends suddenly see, see what you're doing and they're actually, yeah. you know, earning some, some decent sales and they're getting some an income from it, mm -hmm. um, that it, it's almost becomes a legitimate business. Awesome. So it always been there, I always knew it would work, but then suddenly you look back and you realise it is working and yeah. you think, wow, this is incredible. But when you look back, it, it has been a long, slow journey. Um, For sure. Well, as you before, I, I said, you know, I, I'm just a, a happy plodder. You know, I, I go from bit to bit. I'll keep, you know, I'll, I'll put my head down when when the wind starts blowing against you and it starts getting icy cold out there. You just put your head down and keep battling on. Mm. And that's how it's like sometimes in business, isn't it? 
Um, yes, there are days when you can stand and, and look out on the top of the mountain and you see the sunshine and the hills and it all looks glorious and wonderful. Um, and hopefully that's what it will be like at the end of Q4 this year. And there are days where you just have your head down and yeah, you've got to go uphill a bit and mm. you know it's hard work and you keep plodding away at it. Um, mm. And I really feel that that's, that's been my journey. It's been a long, yeah. slow process looking back. And I, I know from, from hearing other people's stories, it's very easy uh, to look at those and think, oh, wow, it's so easy for them. It's just happened. You know, suddenly they're doing these crazy numbers and isn't that lucky for them, but it's never going to happen for me. Uh, but I was always used to being that. I used to look at the people that were having success stories in the group and thought, oh, wow, if only I was doing those sort of figures, you know, is it ever going to happen for me? Is it really going to happen? You know, I know it can, but it never really happens for me. And, you know, I've, I've that's been part of my story for a lot of my life. I've looked at a lot of my contemporaries and they've all had sort of you know, high-flying jobs uh, with big salaries and big company cars and things and enjoyed a lot of the, the trip trappings of, of that sort of lifestyle. Um, we've just plodded along doing our bits you know, trying to stay faithful to what we believe God was calling us to do um, and some of the things. And we've made certain conscious decisions that meant we didn't go down those routes chasing, you know, the, the big big jobs and the, and the big paychecks. And we've stuck to that. But I think, you know, we can now look back and think, hey, God's brought us through quite an amazing journey. And he's been faithful. Um, I've stuck at it. You know, that's that's probably my part is I've made sort of stickability and, uh, and, and plodding along, getting at it. Uh, my wife calls it stubbornness, um, yeah. <laughs> which a lot of it probably is. But I think that's one of the characteristics um, that we need in this business is just mm. that ability to stick at it, to keep going when it's tough, uh, mm. to keep doing what we know works, uh, yeah. and, and it grows and it will come. Mm. So I think, um, yeah, that, that's one of the things particularly for, for people is, is keep at it. Um, I know, you know, when you're starting out, it is tough. And I, and I do remember, you know, I was there. Yeah. I was thinking, is this going to work? Is it really going to work? Is it ever going to be enough? Or am I just, you know, putting in more time and effort for, for nothing? And at the end right. of the day, I'm going to have to go back out and get a job, <laughs> which was always my fear. Was there a point in your journey where you remember making the mindset shift from, is this going to work to, yes, I can see this is going to work. This is working. And... I'm going to continue doing it. Was there a, a, some type of line in the sand you had to draw or was it just a matter of keep plodding along, keep doing the work and suddenly you look up and you're like, wow, this is working for me. <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know, it, it has been a, a bit of that sort of just keep plodding along. And I knew that if I kept going, it would grow. I didn't really ever expect it or believe that it was going to grow to the size it has. Okay. Um, to be honest, but I think I always knew it was going to work. I think it was uh, towards the end of 2017, I actually joined the coaching program and, and I got coached with um, Jeff Thompson in the UK, who's uh, a great guy, very good. At, um, what, what he did for me really was not so much necessarily helping me with the Amazon side, but he just got my mindset and my business structure a lot better organised. I'm not the greatest organised person, as anybody that knows me would, would say, but he just helped me to think about it as a business. I think because of the way the business had grown and my experience over the, certainly the eBay days, it was very much a, a sort of a hobby or a side hustle, as you call it these days, that sort of you know contributed a bit and paid a little bit. It wasn't a, a business that was supporting me. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think Jeff helped me to change my mindset in that respect, and yeah. said, no, if it's going to be a serious business, you've got to think about it as a serious business. Yeah, we help me to put certain things in, in place and structure to, to do that. Okay. So I think really from then, um, it did start to grow. And then I mm-hmm. think when I, you know, sometimes you, you have to also take a few risks. Yeah, and there's been a few points where I've made decisions, and and you know, some of these decisions are quite scary. You know, taking on my first first hire. Of, of somebody was was a big decision sure. um, and I can remember thinking you know do I really want to go down this route I'd always said you know I don't want to uh, grow a business with big offices and lots of staff I don't want to have all the problems of having staff and, and, sure. and buildings to manage I just want a business that I can run from home gives me the flexibility to uh, do the other things in life that are important to us to be involved with the family to be involved with the church um, to do the fostering that we were doing and um, you know I just wanted to be able to support myself and my family in, in being able to do that 
and there's sort of come key points in the business where we've sort of almost had to make a decision. And I was thinking about it probably three or four times when we've actually said, okay, do we want this business to grow anymore or are we happy to, to almost cap it where we are? You know, we can yeah. cope with what we're doing at this, at this level. Um, do we just cap it here and, and keep on at that level or do we want to grow the business and move to the next level? Mm. Um, and I think each step I've just really found, I really, really felt that, almost that there's a responsibility to take this as far as it goes you know i do believe it's a process that that god's been with me on and he's encouraged me to help me and given me the resources and the, and the people around me uh certainly yeah. in the community that have supported and encouraged me over the years and i just feel that you know there is potential here for it to grow and i want to grow it to a level that we can still cope with it but but uh, you know let's see where it goes uh, and I think when we, we've got to the point where I, I need to hire somebody in, uh, that was quite a big a big moment for me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we actually, it was actually my pastor's wife who was my first um, hire. She was, okay. was looking for some work and we were chatting to her. And I said, actually, almost the, the pain point for me at the time was actually going out and doing, doing the shopping, doing the sourcing, okay. um, going to the shops and stores and, okay. and getting all the the replens, as we call them now, we call them replens yeah. those then, um, and doing that. And I was spending so much time going out and doing those because they were the things that were selling that I wasn't spending a lot of time you know, growing the business or even getting it packed and prepped and sent in because I was going to spend so much time buying it because it was there and I wanted to get it in. And then it was a struggle to try and get it all prepped and sent into Amazon. And so I knew that if I could offload that bit, that would help me. And she started, I think it was beginning of October in 2017. And you can see from the, the sales graph that I know it was Q4, but the sales really did shoot up. Um, and it's really because sending her out doing the shopping, I gave her a list and I went a couple of times with her and showed her what I was looking for and how to find things and where to buy them. Uh, but I basically gave her a list of what I wanted. She went out and it meant I was able to make get a lot more sent in during yeah. Q4 than I had done the previous years. So the sales really did rock it because it freed up my time to do a more important task. Yes. Um, and each time as we've grown, um, um, it's been bringing in people to to free up more time to do other things. Um, that's, so that's awesome. How it's grown over the last Love few that. Years. Well, um, going back to what Jeff Thompson was helping you with the mindset. Talk to that person that's where you were, and what are some of the things that uh, Jeff helped you get over in your brain that uh, made you treat this like a business? What are some of those tips that you can give us? Yeah, I, I think it's very easy when, when it's sort of almost been a hobby status to a small business. You almost let a lot of things slip. I think, you know, the listings I was creating were okay. I was trying to make them as good as possible, you know, get reasonable photos and write you know, good bullet points and, and, and things. Uh, but when we actually analysed them and looked at them, um, they were still quite amateurish. The photos weren't as good as they could be uh, because I was really just trying to get the listing up because it was a time issue, a lot of it. Um, and so we went through that. Um, we went through, you know, looking at the keywords and, and how they affect a listing, the quality of the photos, making sure they were better, um, mm-hmm. putting in things like like having, you know, a, a warranty or guarantee on there so you know even if it's, it's not your product if you say that you can guarantee that the customer's going to be satisfied or they'll get their money back which they would on amazon anyway but just by saying that in there and actually creating a little um, sort of guarantee certificate that i put in all my listings right. now just says you know we want you to be happy with this if there's any problems you contact us and you know you can, you can have your money back i said you know so few people all of it will take you up on that and those that do would anyway through the amazon system so right. you're not really losing but it just makes it a bit more business-like, a bit more of a, a good impression on the customer that's, that you're reliable, that you're trustworthy, that, um, you know, that, that you're somebody that they can uh, trust and deal with. So it's just really getting those sort of things over, looking strategically at each part of my business. I'm Jeff helped me to break down the business into each of separate categories mm-hmm. um, and spend time you know, writing in a, in a journal about you know, how we were going to develop that business, what what the problems were, what the issues were. Because I think really, uh, and the sort of person that I am, I tend to hold all these things in, in my brain and I always have so many things 
you know, as most of us entrepreneurs do, flying around our heads. I've got ideas coming out, thoughts, oh, I've got to do that, I've got to do that. Oh, yeah, I need to look at that, I need to think about that. You know, so so you're trying to say, look, get it down on, on paper in your, in your little notebooks. Um, and then you can actually sit back and analyze it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's the part of the process that I was, was starting to do. And it, it really made a, a difference because it was it was looking at that from that perspective yeah. that made me realize that I needed to bring somebody in to do the shopping for me. Yeah. Uh, and then somebody else in to, to do that, the, the prep work. So releasing those then gave me more time to send more stocking, which is what yeah. I was doing. Um, and then as the business grew, bringing somebody in to, to do the, the, the shipping into Amazon um, so that I could step back and, and do other parts of the business. And so awesome. I was just really looking at it as a, as a business. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the things that uh, in this business that people should be focusing on? Because you were so right. You could spend hours on the back end of your Amazon account creating cases for reimbursements. You could be tweaking listings you could be taking a course on taking better photos there's just so much help us boil it down to some of the main cut through let's help cut through the overwhelm for a lot of people what are the if just to boil it down to the two or three things that they just they have to do and the focus on those and kind of everything else will either take care of itself or that you can you know hire those things out yeah, well, I think that that's an important concept, and and uh, I do often say, you know, only do the things that only you can do, and that's one of the things I've had to learn is to to let go of some things. Again, being a, a business owner, you tend to want to be in control of everything, and that just takes up so much of your time. So you've got to be yeah. willing to let things go, uh, and I think you you need to just boil it down to what what are the core important things. Um, obviously, if selling on Amazon is your your main business that you're growing at this time, then the priority really is getting stock and sending it into Amazon. Whether you're jumping on other listings, whether you're creating listings, that's all obviously a part of it. Uh, and I think particularly for, for new sellers coming in, um, I think I do see a lot of people that spend an awful lot of time looking at the business and trying to get everything in place, trying to, you know, do they need to set up a, a company? Do they need to set this up? Do they need to have this in place before they start? And the way I'm trying to help people that are starting out in the business is like, look, we just need to get going. Yes, there are certain things you need to do, but actually the priority, if you want to sell things on Amazon, then the priority is to get things, find them, send them into Amazon and sell them. Uh, and once that process has started, then you can build around that and, and grow the business uh, and spend time doing the other things that you need. So it's keeping focused on what the the priority is at that time. Um, and when you're starting, I think the priority really is, okay, I, I need to find some stock that, that I can sell. I need to send it into Amazon. So I've got to learn a, a process of, of sending it into Amazon if that's the way you're going. And and then after that, you know, there's all the other things that you can look at. Uh, and then as your business grows, it's actually allowing yourself to release those things that you don't need to be doing anymore. You know, it made such a difference when I, I had, had my first lady that came work with me. Uh, it really did release me. Uh, and it almost felt like a burden was lifted at that time. It was a bit crazy. It was a learning curve. And it was a bit uncomfortable at the time, but just began to release that to somebody else. And I think looking back, things maybe that I would do differently is actually letting go of some of those things earlier. You know, I never want to spend money that I don't have to, uh, but there are some things that I just shouldn't be doing, like a paperwork and accounting is not my my forte. You know, unfortunately, having gone on for so long without getting that organised, we, we're still catching up in, in many respects with some of that. So I would have got um, other people in to do that a lot sooner. Um, sure. Looking back on it. Um, yeah. Even and it is an investment. And one of the things I said when when Kaz started working with me is, you know, I'm not paying you as a, this almost this isn't a wage. From my perspective, what I give you is an investment in my business. Yeah, it is. Um, and that was quite almost revolutionary for me to say that. Um, she found it very revolutionary and, and, and freeing as well. That, you know, it wasn't just looking on her as an employee or right. somebody that uh, you know, was an expense that I needed to get benefit from. But yes. actually, she was an investment in my business and she really was. Uh, and that's, each, and that's how I look at each other. Staff members I bring in now, you know, yeah. they are an investment in my business to help me to grow. Um, yeah. I think whether it's bringing in accounting services, whether it's um, paying for people to do various jobs or paying for software to do various jobs. You know, when you're starting out, you don't need all that. 
Uh, people say, well, you know, do I need this software? Do I need that software? You know, there's very little software you need. You know, the Amazon seller app and, and Keeper really are the really two essentials, I would say. Other software does do, do good jobs and they're helpful, but we don't need to focus on those when you're starting out. Um, you really just need to get the basics and get out there and start. And then once yeah. your business is growing, then you can add other things in and you can... Mm. Uh, you know, build your build your business and grow from there. Oh, that's so, so keep, true. keep it focused on what the important thing is at that time. Yeah, which is getting. I mean, it comes down if you're selling online, your main job is to get inventory to sell yeah. online. Just find more inventory. So it's interesting. You said you can look at a graph of your sales and see that point where you hired each of your staff and see how your business has grown from it. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah, each step, like I said, you know, that there's been certain sort of key points where we've had to make that decision. Yep. And then having made that decision, it does affect the sales, you know, exponentially. You know, we um, we were running this business from, from our back room. We've, we've got two sort of living rooms in our house and we were running it from the back room when when guys started working because it had sort of outgrown the shed that we built. Uh, it was yeah. just getting more and more stocking for, for Q4 that year. And so we were building it in there and said, oh, it's just, it'll just be for Q4. And then January, we'll move back out. Yeah. Uh, January came and it was still quite busy and we never moved out. So really wow. the whole of that next year, we were running it from the back room of our house, uh, which was okay. We could still work around it, but it was just getting more and more uncomfortable. Sure. And so we, we then took the decision, okay, well, where, what do we do? How do we grow the business? Are we going to you know, keep it at this level or you know, <laughs> cut it back a little bit so we can keep it here or are we going to do something? Um, and so we decided to, we had an old garage um, next to the house. Um, it was quite a long sort of tandem garage, which really wasn't very nice. It wasn't suitable for storing things in. It was still cold and damp. So anyway, we decided that we, we knocked that down and we've had a, a purpose-built room built which actually where i'm sitting at the moment uh, okay. which is still called the prep room and that was done about 18 months ago okay. and well, that, that will last us for a few years um and then we can see how it goes sure it's a, it's a lovely facility and, and you know a long term we can use it for all sorts of things um, yeah. but it was primarily built uh, built from the profits of the, the business which was lovely to be able to do you know yeah. i didn't have to borrow money i didn't have to worry about where money could coming from it it came straight from the business um and so we moved everything out of the house into here so we had a couple of prep tables in here i had i'm sort of about three people working part-time with me okay um, at that time and doing that enabled the business to grow quite quite yes and that was yeah so about 18 months ago and, that, and so we did last q4 in here from here which helped us to do a lot more um, yeah. just we had more storage space we had better facilities it was more professional more business-like um, it just made things run smoother and then you know by after q4 we thought actually already we're we're stretching here a bit um, uh-huh. and then the uh, the covid19 stuff happened in well sort of march when we had the lockdown and i was we'd obviously been growing it since trying to grow since Q4. It'd be a very busy Q4, but we wanted to keep that momentum going. So I was trying to consciously build up my stock levels because one of the issues we're having is we'll keep selling out of, of our sort of best-selling lines. Yeah. And even with, you know, a couple of shoppers and a couple of packers coming in, it was difficult to keep up with it. So wow. we were consciously trying to grow that. And, and I was doing more wholesale business as well, trying to get okay. what I could. And then what we couldn't get, we were still getting retail. Okay. Um, Mostly, but we were growing that, so I was consciously trying to increase my stock levels. Um, and then, obviously, with the, with the lockdown and everything, sales just went through the roof. Wow. Uh, and I was so pleased. I mean, all the stock levels that I've been building up <laughs> got wiped out. <laughs> um, it wasn't so easy to get stock, but I was because I had accounts with wholesalers, although they were struggling to get some things, they were able to get some bits and pieces. So, we kept we were able to keep having deliveries. I mean, even though they weren't quite what we always wanted or quite as regularly as we wanted, um, we were, were still growing. Um, and it, but it, it soon became apparent that even this facility was too small. So last June, about June, July, we started looking around at what else was available, um, which wasn't easy because we were still in lockdown. Um, but we, we were able to look at a couple of places, a couple of warehouse-type places uh-huh. around. And that's when I was, we started talking to the folks at our, our church building. Um, we've got a big mm-hmm. community centre that has been hired out for, for functions. And uh-huh. um, it's, it's been quite well used. 
over the years that we've, we've had it, uh, a lot of companies and um, health services used it for conferences or for meetings or for all sorts of things. Um, uh-huh. But obviously during lockdown, that had all stopped. So that meant that the income that the church was getting from that um, and to pay the mortgage and things had all suddenly dried up. So they were saying, well, we look, you know, if you're looking at somewhere, would any would our facility be of use to you? Uh, and initially I said, well, not really. It's, it's, not a, it's not a warehouse. It hasn't got a loading bay. I mean, it's not really ideal. But then I went in there and we, and we looked around and said, well, you know, it's not perfect, but it, we could make it work. There were certain advantages to being in there. So last July, we, we decided to move the business from home. So really only a year later after having this, this wonderful place built, uh, we moved it all out from here into uh, a church building at the community centre. Uh, and I hired one of the, the rooms there, which was probably a, a slightly bigger space than what we've got here. Um, that's awesome that's a win-win so you got a good you got a i'm I'm i bet you've got a good deal and you also helped your church out yeah that's right yeah i mean it it was probably about what i was going to pay anyway for warehouse type place um i I didn't handle too hard because i thought yes you know it's again it's an investment in the business um it is an expense but i was looking at it's an investment to help us grow um and it helped the, the church out as well so that's, uh, that, that was good. So we, we moved in there last July. And again, it was wonderful. You just breathe again. I think, oh, we've got space. You know, yeah. more racking in there and got more ability to store things. And so we've sort of been growing from there. We were still fairly busy. And obviously, as we've been getting closer and closer to Q4, it's, it's been growing again. Uh, yeah. And then when we went back into lockdown a few weeks ago, and that actually came to me and we sort of talked about and half joking about hiring a second room there. And I said, well, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to pay out for a second room. I'd love the space, but I can't really justify that. And they came to me and said, look, we're not going to get, be getting many bookings. You know, there's still a few things coming in, but not getting much income. If you'd like another room, we can do it. We can do a deal for you. So they, they did Wonderful. Second room, so we've actually just moved into a second room, which we're using for for storing all the extra stock. Uh, and again, that's made a difference, just giving us a bit of space and a bit more breathing space yeah. to work again. And we've put an extra prep table in there, so that means I can. I've actually taken on three new staff part time. Um, wow, weeks. So we've got to, you know people in there now all the time. <laughs> it's covered with two or three people wow. working all the time, as well as us. Um, awesome, and, it, and it's grown, yeah. Pretty soon you're going to be kicking, you're going to be taking over the whole church. <laughs> but it, it's almost a bit of a family business because um, you know, quite a few family members actually work there. I mean, my, my son has been, been um, sort of the administrator there and working. And my son-in-law just recently started actually as manager of the, of the centre. Uh-huh. So it's a bit of a family business. So, yeah, I love that. And you know what? I just, um, I, I love what you said. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say it that way but that hiring somebody was an investment in your business. It obviously is, but I don't know that I've ever, honestly, I've ever heard about, heard it put that way. And that it is your business. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it's a bit of a mindset issue. It is. And I think that's what, that's one of the things that I've almost have struggled with over the years and I've had to overcome Mm -hmm. is, you know, from looking at this as a business, then, you know, when, when I have expenses and things, how do you look at that? I, I remember the first time I actually got a pallet load of cardboard boxes delivered. Um, you know, when I started out, I was going to the supermarkets and trying to get free cardboard boxes. We don't get free boxes from UPS, unfortunately, so um, it's, it's not quite as easy <laughs> over here. Um, so I was getting cardboard boxes from the supermarkets. I was, you know, when people had moved house, I was collecting up all their old boxes and, and using those as much as I could. But then it got to the stage where that wasn't sufficient. I wasn't able to get enough boxes and they weren't the right size and things. Um, so I started buying boxes online uh, but I'd have you know a few packs delivered here and there and the first time I had a whole pallet load of cardboard boxes delivered uh, I looked at it and on the one hand you thought my goodness I've just spent several hundred pounds on cardboard which is just going to be recycled and wasted Uh, but then on the other hand I thought that's a great sign my business is growing you know what I'm now having my packaging supplies delivered by the pallet load Yes. That was quite a big moment. And I, I think I've got a photo somewhere of it sitting outside, you know, my first pallet of cardboard boxes. It, it felt good. And I thought, actually, yeah, that's a good sign. Yes, um, you know, when I 
you know, have to put in orders for, you know, whether it's it's cartridge ink for the printer or, or labels or something or boxes and bags. Sometimes you look at that and think, goodness me, there's a lot of money. I'm thinking I spend a lot of money because we're making a lot of money now. Yeah. You know, it's, it is an investment. I can't do the business without it. So yeah. the more money I spend on, on, on plastic bags means the more money that the business is going to be making on the bigger the business is growing. Yes. Um, so I mean, it very much is about your mindset and, and how you look at that. And I think mm. with people that I brought into the business, uh, it's the same. And I think it, it was a, a conscious thing that, you know, I'm not looking at these as an expense. Right. And all oh, this person is costing me this much. Am I getting value for that? Um, right. Now I'm investing in this person. And, and that's been one of the, the real joys that we've had of growing the business is that we've been able to bless people around us that yeah. needed work. So far, all the people that have worked with me have been people that I've either known directly or sort of yeah. relations of, of friends. I mean, we've just got a first cousin who is the brother-in-law of a friend of my daughter's. I think I hadn't met him before. I didn't really know him. But everybody else has been people that I've known directly. And to be able to offer them the opportunity and the flexibility, and they all say, oh, it's, it's so good working with you because you're nice and flexible. That's the sort of person I am. I, you know, we try and be fairly businesslike, but I like to be flexible and, and work with them. Uh, and they can work the hours that they want to. And I'm almost yeah. just grateful that I can. Uh, and it, it encourages and blesses them, obviously, and, and it's helping me to grow the business. That's so neat. I'd say it's the same way with courses too. Sometimes it's hard to spend money on a course, but every time I do, it's like, wow, that was worth it. And as long as you put it into practice and use something you learn from it, it's an investment. That's a big difference. I mean, I've I've spent, a lot of people say, oh, we spent so many thousands of pounds or dollars on course over the years. I don't like to say how much I would have spent because somebody might hear. Um, (laughs) But uh, I spent far too much on courses, but most of them were very good. It's just that I never practice so for me they were worthless you know they didn't they weren't an investment they were money down the drain because I did nothing with them so yeah so that's you know how I try and look at things now I, I look at it think okay is this going to help me grow my business do I need this now you know it may be a wonderful offer but if it's not something I need now or it's not a piece of software that's going to help me right now then I don't need Good. it and we need to be disciplined that's great advice Wow. You've already thrown out a lot of advice. Anything else as we wrap up here? Any other advice you'd say to people that are a lot farther behind you or just starting out in this business? Yeah, well, I think it's just that that consistency and, you know, keep you've got to keep keep going on, keep on. It is hard in the early days. You know, I do know and I you know things change and it's I look at it now and think, oh, actually, I'm glad I started when I did because in some ways it was a bit easier then uh, there's a lot more restrictions than maybe now but actually people are still doing it you know we're still getting a lot of success stories in in uh, both the MST group and legends and everything um, a lot of good success stories coming through that shows this is a business that can work and what I love is, is that it's ordinary people that are doing it there are a few people out there and I think wow they must have a pretty massive brain to be able to get their head around that but most of the folks in the in the group you know we're pretty ordinary people. There's nothing right. special about us in a, in a sense. You sure. just got on with it and, and, and carried on. And I think that's what you've got to do. You've got to be fairly sort of dogmatic and, and stick at it. You know, be persistent. and But reach out to people. You know, create those relationships, um, whether it's in the Facebook groups, uh, in Legends, whether it's forming small groups with people, you know, in, in your, your country or locality, um, just build relationships because it's those things that will encourage you when it is tough, having people that you know you can call on to just give some encouragement and, and advice or just saying, yeah, I know what it's like, I've been there, but, you know, persevere and keep going. Um, yes. you know, there will be ups and downs. There's certainly working, if you're working with Amazon, there's always going to be frustrations and things that just don't make sense and, yep. you know, ridiculous things that they do. You know, we have those on our almost daily occurrence, but you just don't let them get you down. There's yeah. always a way through it. There's always, you know, an opportunity through that. So, you know, stick at it and do it step by step. You know, don't try and, and run straight away, but just, you know, get going. That's the main That's thing. Right. To get started and move. It's much easier to steer a ship when it's moving. That's right. Ooh, that's great advice. Much easier to steer a ship when it's moving than when it's not. That is absolutely right. Wow. 
lots and lots of awesome advice, Neil. Thank you so much for doing this. You've got a wealth of wisdom and uh, I love what you said. I love that visual of just burying your head down sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's easy. The wind's, the wind's at your back and you're, you feel like, wow, I'm, I can run so fast. And there's sometimes when you just have to bear your head down and the, the rain, the sleet, maybe snow and the wind's pushing against you, but you got to keep going. And those times you, don't, you may not advance as fast, but as long as you keep putting one foot over the other, then you're going to get there. So I love that. Yeah, yeah. Do do something every day that's going to move your business forward. Mm, do something every day that's going to move your business forward. That's so getting true. something listed or send, you know, getting something prepped ready to send in, or you know, yeah. going on and, and finding a, another product, or, or even just talking to somebody. You yes. know, start a conversation with somebody, um, asking yes. them, or just encourage somebody. You know, just do something every day that's going to help you and your business move forward. Yes. Guys, so much. I'm taking notes here. There's so much wisdom that he's he's just downloading right here. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all things really that I've I've picked up just from being around this community. Really, sure. Uh, some of it, a lot of it is, is life stuff that we've done over the years. You know, we've been through many things. You know, we, we've been involved with fostering for the last 15 years, and that's been some incredible ups and downs. Uh, yeah. We've had some really tough times, and and we've had a lot of joyous times and and, and successes. But uh, and that's how life is. Um, and so you know, all these experiences of what we gain from that journey. Um, so whether it's the online journey and, and just being alongside people in the group, you know, that's what I love about the Facebook group is it's always such an encouraging, positive, vibrant yeah. environment. You know, right. There's always lots going on there, lots of conversations going, um, mm-hmm. and they're, they're usually positive and encouraging. Um, yes. I've been involved with other groups where that's that's not been the case. Right. Um, that is something very special about the communities that we're in. So it is. My son and team Facebook group and, and Legends, um, particularly, you know, it's such a, a great group of people who, you know, I would genuinely call friends and having yeah. the pleasure of meeting many of you now, having been over to the conference. And, and obviously you came over to the UK conference. So me, meeting you guys has, has actually been really special. Um, yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> Thanks for all that you do in the groups. Thanks for your friendship. And let's, let's seriously, I'd love to plan something in the UK, even if it's tentative, we should chat offline about that. So Neil, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for sharing this wisdom with this group and congratulations on your success and pray that you just blow out of the water. All the, all the goals that you had for 2020. Good job. Crazy. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Cool. Well, have a great evening, my friend. Appreciate you. All right. See you, everybody. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.